0: This is the Decoding Obesity Podcast, where we simplify, demystify, and decode obesity, helping you lose weight and feel great. So gear up for a fascinating journey through this ever-evolving field, and let's see what we find. And please remember that the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Don't forget to visit our website, www.decodingobesity.com, for show notes and more info. And now, here's your host of the Decoding Obesity Podcast, Dr. Avishkar Sabarwal.
1: Hi friend, have you left me a review on Apple Podcasts yet? If not, I request you to do so. I'm aiming for a thousand reviews by the end of this year and your review will certainly help. It helps me understand how I'm doing because I want to be able to provide the best possible content to you. So if you would just leave me a review or a comment on our podcast, I would really, really appreciate it. We all try to eat foods that make us feel well internally, but what about eating foods based on the precise needs of your body? Ever wondered if the food you're eating aligns with your specific physiology and with your specific genetics? This is another field of interest in relation to chronic diseases. Now, this is nothing new. For example, we commonly hear of people with food allergies and they need to avoid certain foods. Patients with celiac disease avoid gluten. Those with peanut allergies avoid peanuts, etc. How does this translate to obesity? The problem of obesity is different from food allergies. Food allergy is an abnormal reaction of the immune system triggered by the ingestion of a food protein antigen, which is not the case with obesity. There has been quite some debate on this actually in the scientific community. The most commonly associated gene with obesity is the FTO gene. There was a study looking at whether dietary factors, macronutrient intake and fiber intake and leisure time physical activity modify the association between the genetic variation in FTO and body mass index. So listeners, our genes do vary a little bit from individual to individual. So what the researchers actually wanted to do was look at different variants of the FTO gene and see how it associated with the different macronutrient intake. And as you know, body mass index is something that we use to measure obesity. So they analyzed the data from 4,839 people and they showed an increased association of obesity in the people with a particular variant of this FTO gene with a high fat diet and low level of physical activity, which they did not observe in subjects with a high carb diet. The biggest problem that I see with this study was the fact that it was based only on the recall of food that the patients ate. Now, I'm sure you all must have experienced this, as I have, that it is very easy to forget even what we ate a day prior. Another big limitation was that they were unable to examine the effect of the genotype among individuals with extreme diets, such as a diet with very low carbohydrates. So, the diet may have been relatively higher in carbohydrates or a relatively higher in fat diet, but they did not address extreme diets like a very low carbohydrate diet or a ketogenic diet. Now, let's talk about another big study that showed quite the opposite result. Now, this was a much better planned and carried out study called the Diet Fit study, that is D-I-E-T-F-I-T-S. There were some important things about the study, which you will certainly find helpful. This study again compared the utility of matching a high-fat versus a high-carb diet to the specific genotype. When I started reading about this study, I wondered, how did they figure the specific genotype out? Well, this was based on a smaller study done earlier, which showed that the people with some genes did better with one diet or the other. So, the researchers in this study decided to conduct a larger study looking at if matching the macros to these genotypes was really helpful. There are some things that I think were key in this study, and we've discussed all of this in the past. I want to point these out because they form a very important piece of the whole puzzle. You see, we all talk about calories, but in this study, no explicit instructions for energy restriction were given. Now, this is very important to understand. They did not ask the subjects or the participants to restrict the amount of calories they were eating. And I want to point you to episode 6, if you haven't listened to it already, where we discuss the whole concept of calories in and calories out. So, if they did not have a calorie goal, how did they manage the nutrition in this study? Now, both the diet groups were instructed to, number 1. Maximize the vegetable intake. number 2. Minimize the intake of added sugars, refined flours and trans fats. And number three, focus on whole foods that were minimally processed, nutrient-dense and prepared at home whenever possible. All of these techniques are so important whenever we talk about changes in the lifestyle. The focus has to be on sustainable long-term changes. And here is the best part. Despite not being instructed to follow a calorie restriction, the reported reduction in calorie intake was about 500-600 to calories per day for both groups relative to the baseline. So you see, just by concentrating on whole foods, the calorie intake went down, making this a more sustainable change. Another important thing about the study was that the participants did not change their physical activity levels during the study period. One important thing that was done in this study was that the participants were given behavioral support. Now this may sound a bit confusing, but this does not necessarily mean that there was something psychologically wrong with the participants. Behavioral counseling entails helping people become more aware of their behaviors and how to change them for the better. One thing that I must point out here is that while the low-carb group had a lower carbohydrate intake relative to the other group, this did not fall into the ketogenic range or even the traditionally accepted low-carb range. So, the only thing was that the carbohydrate intake was relatively lower compared to the high-carb, low-fat group. At the end of one year, the researchers did not find any difference in weight loss, whether the diet was matched to a specific genotype or not. Now, there's another big study that I really want to highlight over here. It was called the Pounds Law Study. All of these studies certainly have very interesting names. Now, this also looked at a certain gene locus and how it interacted with the diet with regards to two-year changes of body composition, weight, etc. I don't want to bore you with the details of the study, But this was a randomized trial, which is what we want in a study. This analyzed data over two years, which is also very good because this shows us how sustainable the diet was over two years. Interestingly, this study did show some correlation between the genotype response to a high-carb versus a low-carb diet. The data on interaction of genes with specific macronutrient compositions is very conflicting at the moment. Another thing complicating the whole issue of personalized nutrition is the gut microbiome, which also varies from person to person. Recently, there was a study called the PREDICT-1 trial that was published. You've got to love these names. The study showed that you know genetics plays a minor role in determining the personal nutritional response as they actually enrolled identical twins into the study and even with the same foods, the identical twins responded very differently. Another interesting thing that this study found was that the optimal time to eat for nutritional health also depends on the individual and is not fixed and it's not like a perfect meal time that you have optimal meal composition in terms of fat carbohydrates proteins and fiber is also highly individual the relationship between calories consumed in a meal and nutritional response is weak and the form of food is consumed in whether it's cooked chopped ground produces drastically different results this was however funded by a private company selling a product based on this study So that definitely needs to be taken into consideration here. But it was published in a very prominent journal, so there is that too. I know this all sounds very confusing and boring, but my friend, this is Science 101. It takes time and effort to find an answer. The good thing is that we do have some leads. I remain hopeful about finding some answers to this in the future. One important thing to understand is that while this individual-centered approach is what we are now aiming for in medicine, it ignores the population causes of obesity. We have seen the rise of obesity globally in the past few decades despite these inter individual differences. And we cannot ignore this fact. So, despite these differences in our genetic makeup, our gut microbiome, I think one sure thing we do need to do is start eating more healthy and more clean. Another important thing to do is to listen to your body. It will tell you what it needs, it will tell you in one way or the other what is going to nourish it. Well, that's all for today, my friend. I hope you're enjoying this. Please don't forget to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. And thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you all next time.
0: You've been listening to the Decoding Obesity Podcast. Please remember, the information in this podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely of the host and his guests and do not constitute medical advice. Views and opinions on this show do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of any organization. And that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening in. Don't forget to visit our website, www.decodingobesity.com for show notes and more info. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Until next time.